Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to The Fear, a podcast about the overlap between comedy and horror. My name is Sarah Morgan. Goodbye. Yes, goodbye. This is the last episode of series two. Uh, the last time for a while that you'll hear me doing one of these poorly recorded uh, intros in my spooky horror hostess voice. Um, but please don't fret, I will be back, back, back with series three sometime after the summer. I've already recorded some excellent episodes. Uh, I've got these uh, amazing, diverse, funny and brilliant guests all lined up for you and those episodes are going to be in your pod pipe in the near future i promise um if you don't know already the fear is a podcast where funny people talk about the things that scare us basically uh in every episode i ask my guests to bring in three fears a scary moment from film or tv a fear from their childhood and a fear or phobia they live with now it is spooktacular Please enjoy this episode with the excellent stand-up comedian, Mr. Ed Byrne. Ed talks about all the things what scare him, including Vorvon, the space vampire from Buck Rogers in the 25th century, um, demonic possession, intrusive thoughts, and um, how fear motivates his comedy process, which is very interesting indeed. Uh, if you enjoy the show, rate and review it in Apple Podcasts. Find me online at The Fear Podcast. Um, I love hearing from you. The music you're listening to is by Tim Bazell. And this podcast is a show on the Great Big Owl Network, so check out their other fine shows. Um, but not before you've listened to this uh, brilliant chat with Mr. Ed Byrne, and I will see you anon. Mr. Ed Byrne, and I will see you anon. Are you, are you, uh... A naturally scaredy cat person. Um, yes, I uh, would. I'm probably <laughs> what one would refer to as a coward. You are a coward. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm scared of lots of things, mm-hmm. lots of, m- 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 many things, and I have a sort of general existential worry. Mm. I'm not, I'm not, uh, not, a, not paranoid or anything like that, but I, I. You know that thing where you reach your thirties and then your hangovers are no longer about <laughs> headaches and feeling sick. Oh yeah, they're more about feeling like your life is awful. Yeah. What did you? What did I do last night? Yeah. yeah the that. yeah. And yeah. Not, just, not even last. Just you get that impending sense oh, of doom and no, dread. Did, so what did I do with the entire life yeah. that went before this moment? Yeah. Yeah. That that sort of that that, that I've lived with that. that. But yeah. it hasn't stopped me. <laughs> Drinking. I was going to say, I, I realise now I get that feeling without having drunk anything the night before. <laughs> and then I just go, oh, this is just the existentials then. Yeah. Yeah. I think that maybe is, again, the thing that comes with age and having dependence. Mm. Yes. But Although yeah, I think I, they're quite a good excuse. Yeah. For- <laughs> but I think I am always someone who's been scared of yeah. minor things and weird things and little things that, that, that shouldn't be a, mm. a, a, a problem. 
I think, but then, I mean, the nice thing about, you know, I, I, I chose, I chose the idea of fear uh, because I think it's not only is it very destructive, I think it's also sometimes a great motivator, particularly in comedy or in performance. I, uh, if, if, would you agree? Or well, yeah, I mean, I remember turning to my a very close friend, a guy called Lee, when I was about to do my second or third every mm. gig, and just saying to him, "I can't do this for a living." I can't live, I can't mm. feel this level of fear and nervousness mm. before I go to work every day. Because uh, I had terrible nerves before getting on stage, mm. certainly. And then it just it just goes after a while. Interesting. And yeah. do you find that you're chasing that feeling? No, I don't like that feeling at all. Like I, hate it at all. It. I hate it, particularly when it comes to, yeah. And I, I still get it, not a fear. Now it's more of a, if I do... You know, like a corporate gig where I can just already sense this is not going to go well. Then it's more of a dread. It's not a fear. It's like, yeah. this is probably, I'm going to feel uncomfortable now for, for 20 minutes. Yeah, that uh, seems like you can get grumpy rather than... Yeah, I'm now yeah. going to have to go through something that is unpleasant yeah. for me and everybody in the room. Sometimes you have a bit of that. Yeah. But that's more, like you say, that's more of a resigned unhappiness yeah you don't feel like i fucked my career if i no. if this goes wrong no. um when was the last time you've had that kind of feeling where i've actually go, like going on stage, died you, on stage or oh no we just where you where you felt where you where the fear before you went on was uh you know was was about you know bigger picture stuff not just how's the next 20 minutes gonna go uh no not a long time it i get a bit nervous I get a bit nervous just before the first show of a run, like when really? the, when it's the you know the first night in Edinburgh or mm. or the first preview when Edinburgh Fringe is only a week away, mm. that, that kind of thing where the show needs to be sort of done by now. Mm. I get a I get a butterfly in my stomach then, but I'm not nervous about that. I'm not nervous about this performance I'm about to do. I'm nervous that maybe this show thing. still needs work, and I right. don't really have a lot of time left to do that work. It's never but happened. Good. But that's good, though. Like, well, I mean, it feels very never, motivating. Yeah. A, yeah. It's never happened that I've not come up with at least a show. Mm -hmm. Some shows have been better than others. I won't mm. deny that. But I've never reached the point where I go, oh, my God, I, only, I don't have a show yet. Yeah. But I'm, I get that nervousness um, beforehand. But that sounds good. I mean, that sounds like it sort of motivates you into making the show better. And if you mm. didn't have that, if you were missing that adrenaline gland, then you would... Uh, then, then you, the show wouldn't be as good. So yeah, yeah, you do need that. Yeah, you're right in that in that way. Yeah, fear, fear is a great motivator. Yeah, yeah. there's a thing uh, I, I I don't there's there's a thing with uh, mice apparently. Uh, the, the, you know uh, toxoplasmosis. You know, yes, yes, that cat that comes from cat shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I have like, a cat. What, you have uh, a cat. Yes, yeah. I have a cat. And, uh, apparently, pregnant women shouldn't have cats around because of toxoplasmosis. Uh, this, that's why I know the term. I didn't know that. Yes, that, yes, and, and <laughs> many people with cats do. Or give a shit. Right. Um, no, no, I know um, that. I know that from my own experience with my own wife that. Pregnant women shouldn't have cats because the smell of cat food makes them physically ill. That was certainly uh, something my wife went through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, toxoplasmosis is a, a thing that you're meant to worry about the cats. So I'm yeah. just looking up the uh, actual term for that. That's the, not the one that makes kids go blind. That's the dog shit one, isn't it? Uh, I don't know what it's called, the dog shit one. But yes, you shouldn't. Don't, don't rub shit in your eyes. <laughs> it's generally just good advice, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like one of those Bible things, like yeah. don't eat pork on a Friday. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it'll don't rub shit in your eyes. Don't rub shit in your eyes. No, I'm trying to remember the thing about mice, because I think it's really interesting. Uh, what, mice that are suffering from toxoplasmosis. So yeah, mice, when mice get toxoplasmosis, the reason why it's dangerous for mice is because it takes away their fear. Right. 
uh, and they think uh, they 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 uh, behave. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna they, I'm gonna look at the exact wording of this because I, I don't want to. I don't get letters. This is the start. This is an origin story of the next Isn't superhero it? movie. Toxoplasmosis Mouse Man. That's it. Parasites make mice lose fear of cats permanently. Of cats? Yeah. They stop being afraid of cats and uh, then walk into their open mouths, presumably. And they catch that from cat shit. Yeah. See, that's... Isn't it beautiful? That's, but not, that's, <laughs> that, is, that to me is spooky. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. The idea that a cat can have something in its shit that makes mice unafraid of yeah. cats. That's a level of evolutionary chicanery that's actually makes you ooh, it's like it gives you worst. an uncanny shudder yeah it's like the worst the worst thing that could happen <laughs> to a mouse is that it gets, stops being scared of cats because that's like the um the fungus that the fungus it's the same thing that formed the basis of the plot for the the um uh, the video game The Last of Us. I don't uh, know if you ever played that. I have not played this. And but also heard, yeah. for the show uh, Fortitude. Right. Again, doesn't matter. Yeah. But there is a fungus that affects ants. Right. And it turns ants into zombies. Okay. Indeed, the, the spores get in the ant. Yeah. And then the ant. It basically because the way ants, you know, the ants, ants do that thing where they bump into each other and they they transmit biochemicals mm. that basically controls the other ant's brain and makes yeah. it go and do passes on the order. Creepy little yeah. connected, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this makes the ant climb up a tree mm. and then clamp its jaws onto a leaf, and then the ant basically explodes <laughs> and spreads the spores of the of this fungus, and, and so it distributes yeah. itself. Through, t- it dis- through taking control of an ant, it's a real thing, and it is it is absolutely like the plot of a horror film. Nice, yeah, yeah. God. Do you what? Do you are you into you into horror films? Yeah, yeah, totally, horror? absolutely. What's the What's the best one you've seen recently? Did quite like was uh, it follows? Yeah, I have I haven't seen that. That's and it's quite yeah. nice, and it's uh, it's got a nice art. It, 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 it's it's one of those ones where there's just one thing in it that makes you go, yeah, but why don't they just do this? Yeah, oh, like that uh, sound one with the oh the John Krasinski and um, his missus uh, with the oh yeah, where um, you're not allowed to make any noise. Place, yeah. Quiet place. Have you seen that? Yeah, I have. I enjoyed that. They managed to have a newspaper headline saying, "Don't make any noise." <laughs> How did you print that newspaper? <laughs> 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 what, what noises do printing presses? Really quiet printing. Yeah. We must print this newspaper. Everyone must know. No, that never occurred to me. No, but you think it, but that's, but that's going, a minor thing. Little newsy boys going, it, extra, extra. Yeah. Don't make any noise. <laughs> but it Sorry. follows, is the mm. thing is that it's this, yeah. this thing is following you, mm. but it's, it follows you quite slowly. Mm. And, and, and if it catches up to you, it'll kill you. And there is no like reason. Grandmother's Footsteps, it, the horror film. Yeah, but it can't, yeah. it can't get on planes or trains or anything. Ah. It, can, it just walks. So... There's nothing, if you're living in America, I know it'd be fairly expensive mm. and possibly inconvenient, <laughs> but you could just live in New York and L.A. Uh, yeah. And just, you know. Can they traverse as soon as they, of water? They would get, you no, know, it would get you eventually. But what I'm uh, is you'd live in New York for uh, like two months. Right. And then you'd fly to L.A., and then live there for two months, and then you could just fly. Town You'd have to live the life of a of of a of a fairly successful Hollywood <laughs> individual. Yeah. And considering it, you know, it was it is a film we're talking about. You think somebody would have gone? I I already lived this life. Yeah. But, but there's there's some good jumps in uh, in that it it follows, and it's and it's filmed very, mm. very in a real kind of 
glossy art house style. It's, mm. it's, it's so slow and it, it, it's quite a, it's quite beautiful the way it's shot. Yeah. So that's that's one I've liked. I've liked uh, recently. As regards a, a, a TV or film thing, there was an episode of Buck Rogers in the 25th century, and it was called Space Vampire, and it frightened the bejesus out of me. Space H vampire stocks a lonely space station, and Buck must race to prevent Wilma from joining the ranks of the undead. Between me and something I want. You were attacked by corpses. Something or someone is draining their souls. So, what was your relationship? Was this a program that you watched this in Ireland? This was a program I watched a lot. Right. It was in, I mean, it was on TV in Britain. Right. I distinctly remember because I remember yeah. Gil Gerard, who played Buck Rogers, getting an award at like the TV Times Awards. Wow. I, and, and I remember him going on and doing a cod English accent. Some certain things just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I watched Buck Rogers. It was, but it was, maybe it was on against something else right. that was. And it was, maybe it was on at a different time, whatever. But I loved Buck Rogers in the 25th century. And I don't understand why Gil, Rogers, Gil, Gil Gerard never really did anything else afterwards. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, so this is this is a show that you loved as a kid, and you were yeah. young, how, how what sort of age? Are you? Oh gosh, I mean, I probably ten. So lying on your Maybe tummy in front of the telly, yeah. the show that you loved, and um, and it, it was, wasn't a spooky show, was it? It was no, it and was that's a, the thing. And you it, love sci-fi. I know yes. you love sci-fi. You 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 love your your Star Trek, yeah. and, and such. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It was just a futuristic show. You know, Buck Rogers, who's who's from our time, and he gets frozen in ice, and he wakes up in the twenty fifth century, and. And it was, it was it was all standalone episodes, and it was main, it was pretty lighthearted. There was uh, Wilma Deering, who you may also remember from. Uh, uh, oh, I like the, like the way you said that, like Silver Troy. Spoons. She was also ah, in Silver Spoons. I like the way you said it, like Troy McClure, though. Yeah, you may also remember yeah. Wilma, who wore a nice orange jumpsuit yeah. in the episode. Does she always wear a, a lovely? She was. Oh, she joined Germany War. Well, it was, it was, nobody was quite. What, if she was going to be piloting, uh, uh, what do you call them? The Defender. Uh, those, uh, little, mm. those little fighter ships they were in. She was wearing this like white jumpsuit, mm. striped jumpsuit. Anyway, she was never as hot as the bad guy. Who was this woman whose name now escapes me? Who was ah. is always like the bad guy who's that you know that Serverland sort, yeah, yeah. sort of figure who's uh, that bit, now, Wilma, bit more Wilma, sultry than Wilma. Wilma goes bad in this episode, not the one dumping the true. gun on it, this but when true. she goes bad, she's suddenly a lot more suddenly interesting. Suddenly very she, alluring. Yeah, yeah, when she's running around in yeah. sort of orange sorbet hot pants, like yeah. sort of quite American apparel look that mm. she's wearing. And Buck Rogers, but it's fair, it's equal opportunity um, perviness because Buck Rogers is wearing. He a, gets his shirt off and the. Trousers on him. This might yeah, be because I bought it tight. on Amazon Prime. It's it was like very, the Hulk. <laughs> very HD. He's got very tight white silk, although I'm assuming some kind of like man-made fiber. Um, sweaty, but you, you can see his nuts all the time. I tell you, there was an episode where he was sold as a slave in an intergalactic <laughs> slave auction, and they ripped his shirt off to show what he had. Hello. And I had some stirrings sure. as a child. As a, you know, I, I can't imagine if you had a stirring in his jumpsuit, it would. It's like to be very, it's very, tight. very Bowie and labyrinthy. As, as Robin Williams used to say, trousers are so tight you can tell what religion he is. <laughs> yes, yeah? exactly. Um, but anyway, it was a lighthearted. It was a great. It's very yeah. camp. It's very frothy. Yeah. It's very sort of no, sort of got that yeah. '60s Batman knowingy camp, but still very enjoyable. And I distinctly remember a thing about it as well. It was one of those shows that 
suddenly changed from one season to the next. Right. It was one season it was based on Earth and it was all about Tibetan. He, he, he was living in a, in, a, in, a, mm. in a base somewhere in Earth, you know, post-apocalyptic. And then they, I think season two or maybe three, they changed it to a space station. Right. And it was, it was completely, and there was no mention, there was no, there was no, I don't remember an episode at the end of series one where I went, you know what, book, we're, we're reassigning you to the space <laughs> station and Wilma's coming too. Yeah. Um, and it, and uh, there was different characters, Wilfred Hyde White got thrown in. And, anyway, um, this episode. Yeah, of this safe of space this program, very you, sort of yeah. fun action thing, mm. Space Vampire. Suddenly, for this one episode, took this really dark turn, mm. and it centered around uh, a, a a a life force sucking, zombie creating, scary looking thing called the Vorvon, and it it it, it would it it didn't turn people into other Vorvons as as a vampire mm. would turn. It just it it would get you. And it would it would turn you into like a walking sort of zombie sort of thing. I, d- I don't want to be the first one to say it, but I think at some point we had to address the elephant in the room, which the the the, the thing about the vol- about his appearance. It's just, if you look at him now, he doesn't look scary, does? Well, it? no, it's not even. It just, well, he just looks like a big belly. Like I, I thought it was more like a like a nutsack on his head. Yes, he's got. Yeah. No, I mean the thing is, it's got that the silhouette of the Nosferatu, the old mm-hmm. Nosferatu with the huge big. Quiff bun, the one from in The Simpsons where Homer goes, I think he's gay. <laughs> when Mr. Burns, you know, I, I'm looking yeah. at you like you might not get yeah. his reference. No, no. You know exactly the reference. Yeah. For the yeah. listener at home, yeah. there's a treehouse of horror where uh, Mr. Burns is the old Nosferatu with the big quiff and the yeah. and the hunchback. And it's, and, and it's yeah. got the, the, the classic the classic Ruffs Nos- and stuff. Nosferati. Yeah. So it's a Nosferati silhouette, only it's his head rather than his hair. So he's got a big yeah. bell end head or nuts, <laughs> depending I don't, on. I won't deny that if you look at it now, oh. he t- t- probably doesn't look that scary. But it's the same with. God, I mean, there's so many monsters that you use Sean on early. Like yeah. That. That the mo- he's got purple yeah. lipstick and he's got a great big monobrow. The scary yeah. thing about it. And. And again, this links. This is a similar thing that in in it follows mm. the scary thing. And to me, as a child, the concept was so frightening, is that you could only see him mm. if you were his next victim. Yes, that is a brilliant now, horror. And I don't know how no one else has really used yeah. that. It hasn't been. A, and to me, that is the most frightening thing imaginable. Is the idea is that if you see a scary werewolf or alien or something like that, you could still maybe hide from it. Maybe it hasn't spotted you yet, you know? But the fact that you can see it, as soon as you see this thing, that it already looks scary, Mm -hmm. the fact that you can see it means it's coming to get you. There's There's a, yeah. I found that to be the most, it got right under my skin and right into my brain in a way that gave me nightmares for ages. Oh, God. The idea that as soon as you see it, yeah. you're, you're it. fucking you're dead. You're already dead or you're already, you got you're your, all- li- your essence, your life force sucked yeah. out of you and you become the walking dead. Yeah. yeah. There's a there's a brilliant bit and I, again, I was agreed, I watched it this afternoon and I was watching it at home and I was like, oh, fuck, what? no one's done that in a horror film, hmm. which is... Uh, you know, they ident- they think that it's a virus that gives you hallucinations because no one can see it unless yeah. it comes to get you. So they're all talking about it. So it's a virus gives you hallucinations. They are watching some old security footage of some one member of the crew and he suddenly looks off 
to the one side and starts going, no, ah, what do you want from me? Ah. Yeah. And he just starts looking like a sort of like man having a paranoid attack, like flailing around and stuff. And then you, and they're just watching this on the security monitor. And then you cut away from the security monitor and you're where the dude is. And there's a big fucking vampire dude there who's, yeah. and it's like, oh, that's really neat. Yeah. I've never seen that before. And they they use vampire law that you can't be on film or in mirrors mm-hmm. or whatever. And they space age it up a bit. Well, that's really cool. And it's, it's the fact that, um, you, you you would then feel so lonely, and I think mm. I think Wilma does. Wilma, yeah. as I remember, is being stalked by this thing yeah. that no one else can see. Uh, although it's not, a, it's probably not as frightening for her because mm. she doesn't realise that that makes her the yeah. next victim. You know, but her 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 parent her her fear attacks, whatever you want to call them, are great. They do it by like having her doing I'm cold acting, and she's not a great actress, bless her, but she's really yeah. going for it. Like she's going, oh, brr, I'm really cold all of a sudden, and then all the lights go red, and you just hear this sort of weird squelchy music. Yeah, because he also the the Vorvan could also mm. transform into sort of like just a. A blob, a, a, a ball, blob, <laughs> yeah, a, a sort of plasma. I think it was someone thing. with like a uh, what's it called, like a compass, like scratching the film. It was like really right. low res special effects. Yeah. It's like someone just scratching away at the film. Too. I think that was just another further vampire trans. Um, modification. Well, it's, it's very, um, uh, very in the spirit of Dracula. Actually, like the story mm. is very similar. Like I think he comes from like the Hungary universe or something. But it's this, and there's a Van Helsing mm. type dude. So no, I literally, I, I haven't watched oh, no, it you ha- yes, I since I saw it as a child. With it than you, and yeah. I only, I googled it just to check the name because mm. I thought he was called the Borvan, and I right. really know it's the it's the Vorvan. I just mm. wanted to get me facts straight. Yeah, um, so you haven't watched it since, but I have not. Actually, I do you literally want to watch have a not watched it since together. I was a child. Would that be all right? I'm sure. <laughs> I'm hoping <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want to like unsettle you too much. I did have a right. It's only short. Okay, uh, and I do think it's really scary. I... Yeah, he doesn't really look that frightening. I don't know though, but he, there's there's. You were attacked by corpses. <laughs> corpses, you say? They don't normally attack people. Yeah, oh, see, wow. this, she when, does. I when don't... she gets possessed, she, she gets She, she gets, gets really sultry. And she gets all kind of, yeah, which is a kind of a good trope in these things, isn't it? When the good girl gets Good girl turns bad. And she turns bad. And, she, and you can tell she's been possessed because she goes all sexy on him. Yeah. Um, in a jail cell. Which, if we really were to examine it, mm. is probably a, a, a terribly misogynistic trope that <laughs> only right. bad girls are attractive or what is that only, the being uh, sexy is is a bad being thing being sexy is a bad thing yeah, yeah I think having sexual agency is uh, yeah is, is, is bad and uh, I certainly yes. I was far too busy being frightened out of my wits yes, to consider so you didn't, have, the, you didn't fancy uh, Wendy I, see, I literally can't remember her name that's why Wilma Wilma I can't. which is the least sexy name as well yeah. it's like Wilma that's the name of the wife in the Flintstones you know <laughs> Uh, yeah. Although she was, you know, fairly hot. Yes, we, I mean, you know. She was no Betty Rubble. So, obviously, looking at that, your, your, immediate, your immediate reaction was, oh, yeah, it's not that I scary. I don't know what I was ever scared of. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah I think but I, I think when it, it. the root of it, as mm. I say, it, there was two things. One was it was completely unexpected. It's not like I turned this on thinking... Oh, here yeah. comes a uh, It's literally a thing that you are... It's something yeah. I'm comfortable with and enjoy, and suddenly... Because very early on, there was this thing as well where, like, you see Buck in a in the in the space bar. Or yeah, <laughs> space yeah. Bar. There's a, there is very, yeah. a lot of cantina yeah. action in and, Buck And Rogers then there. suddenly 
the the Vorvan is just sitting in a in a seat that it, it was like a cut, like it, yeah. it, it wasn't there and now it is there, mm. and it was that was very unsettling to begin with. Yeah, there's a and lot of there's a lot of there. sort of mental illness, paranoia kind of stuff going on where yeah. she's she's chatting normally. This is, this is, this is as it, obviously there has to be in these things. It's a sassy robot character. Called that would be Tweaky. Twinky, yes. Tweaky. Tweaky. Tweaky, yeah. Twinky. Yeah, who, who, who does that? Who, who says sort of normal human things, but says abba beforehand. Yeah. And it's Mel Blanc. Is it? <laughs> yeah. All right, Bugs I Bunny. The voice that. of Bugs Bunny. So when they go, eee, they're yeah. tall folks. He, go, he goes things like, hey, how are you doing, Buck Rogers? I, yeah. He's I, got I, like a real teamster voice. That's just it, but yeah. I think he was programmed to make Buck feel more at home in the 25th <laughs> century. No, seriously. Because he'd say 20th century, he'd talk oh, in 20th that's century a great idea. lingo. Great. So he'd say things like, in a pig's eye, you know, who'd be like that <laughs> to make Buck feel at home. But he does you know, say, does sound like the Teamsters in The Simpsons. He's just like, hey, lick my ball. I'm waking here. But then he would carry a thing, he would carry Dr. Theophilus, was another. Um, was a more highbrow computer, right? And he was more the font of knowledge. Oh, that's knowledge. the one that looks like a bike light. Yeah, it's well, good. It's they like... really do need a, an uplifting ending, don't they? After he's fired a a, a space vampire into a sun. Yes. That's the one thing I do remember is that it was, and I only now am realizing mm. is that again the vampire the sun. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, uh, the legend of Dracula. Parallel. Yeah, yeah, is that the sun kills it? But it is quite drastic in that he actually had to oh, like it's put a literal... it on a spaceship and fire him into the sun. Yeah, it's not like there's no thought in this. That's probably one of the reasons why mm. it's so scary because they've really done. I mean, putting the word space in front of anything is fun, like space yeah. zombie or yeah. you know space witch. Yeah. Would be Should good. we sure go and eat some Galactaburgers? <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> boot beep. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? I'm walking here. <laughs> boot beep. Hello, and welcome to Rule of Three, a podcast about comedy. I'm Joel Morris. I'm Jason Hazley. And as usual, we're joined by someone who makes comedy to talk about something funny that they love. Martin's voice really jumped up Just onto my back and <laughs> sneaked round to the side of my neck and went down my throat and then came out again. And suddenly, there he was. I think I'm the only scaffolder or ex-scaffolder to have been on a BAFTA-type stage. There's more money in faces. There's more money in faces, but there's no control. That's what I like. I you can't control, control I can't control where I put my face. And Rory sort of pitched to James, can the can flute be the last word? Because I think that's the funniest mm. word to end on. And James went, I know it is, and that's why I don't want it to be at the end. <laughs> but yep. there's this idea that there's a limited amount of space for funny. It's like when men think they have to go out with someone who's not funny. <laughs> as if, like, but if she's funny, what'll I do? You're like, you'll both laugh! <laughs> you will both have a laugh! 
not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, speaking of Draculas, yeah. um, I, have you seen this clip that's going around Twitter? And I'm afraid all I have at the moment is just going, have you seen this clip that's going around yeah. Twitter at the moment? But it is amazing. And maybe maybe we might be able to say more things about it than just, this is a really great clip. Uh, it's, a, it's a documentary about um, people in bookshops uh, from, I'm guessing, the late 60s, possibly early 70s. Okay. And they're just talking to people about why they bought the books that they're buying and why. I'm not and this is, this, no? this is a woman who uh, is being interviewed and because of the time it's in, she's doing the voice that people do when they're being interviewed on telly, which is why we think everyone in the past talked posh because when they had a camera pointed at them and they actually yeah, yeah. just want to wear slightly I'm on television yeah, now yeah, and I'll yeah. just, my, my back will go a bit straighter and I'll put some lipstick on. <laughs> um, so she sounds like a Victoria Wood character and she's reading Dracula and I'm just going to play it and I will drop it in so it sounds, right. we can talk over it and it's fine. Um, but I'm just in love with her and I think she's, She's a hero. Um, Messes of people. So she's bought, she's, she is reading Dracula and they... I find it quite extraordinary to come into a bookshop like this and see messes of people all buying books on vampires and Dracula. Uh, what vampires and Dracula. Yeah. Is it different? I've got in search of Dracula. Why do you find the subject exciting? Well, I suppose... Um, uh, feeling rather aggressive, perhaps. Who? Well... My husband left me and I felt very angry about it. <laughs> and as I couldn't do anything to him, so I suppose I took up her fantasy violence instead. Wow, that's a very honest admission right there. Yeah. I'm sorry, I really didn't get this. Um, that they left that in, in, yeah. in the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Your husband left you. Yes. I was very annoyed about it. Well, I should think you were. Yes, but I couldn't. That was the mask slipping there as well. Yes. I was really annoyed about yeah. it. I was really annoyed. About it. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm doing the telly voice. Yeah, but I'm, I'm telling you this, I was annoyed about it. I'm telling you this quite an intimate thing. It's so much safer to it's, do it this way, isn't it? By who, fantasy. Who are you associating with? Well, Dracula or the victim? Or <laughs> oh, Dracula. <laughs> Not the victim. And you would like to, um, so to speak, uh, in in the books. Uh, devour your ex-husband? Not devour. <laughs> Not devour. Come along. Well, the <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's healthy? No. 
she's sort of she's got such nice blow-dried hair and great big glasses like Deirdre yeah. Garlow and looks really normal but then she's just for some reason in a bookshop going like oh no I'd really like to kill my husband who I hate yeah um, and I read dark fantasies like yeah. Dracula and I imagine that I'm Dracula and I'm going to yeah. destroy him but not in the, I like the way she gets really cross at the interview because he says like, would you like to devour your husband and in her head she's going oh well not in like a sexy yeah. drink your blood turn you into a vampire thing I just want to kill him really horribly <laughs> but I mean that was this 70s? I think or it's basically the early 70s. There's a, the vibe it's of not the... like there wasn't a wealth of actual, horrible, scary, mo- grisly, murdering your husband literature that you could get hold of at that point. Yeah, and then she'd have to admit there was something. It's a bit like... There was been she's spying. just admitted. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's let the mask slip, as you say, but there's, a, there's something like, if you buy 50, if you buy just porn... Then you're sort of, you know, you're crossing some kind of threshold you might not want to. But if you buy Fifty Shades of Grey, then there's a sort of an accepted euphemism that we're all. Yes. Um, but if you then, in an interview. <laughs> yeah, when actually. You say, well, the reason I bought Fifty Shades of Grey is because I'm a horny beast and I love reading about somebody getting banged really fucking hard. But, but irresponsibly, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Then, then you go, well, why don't you just buy actual porn? So, <laughs> you know, if you say, well, I, I'm, I'm titillated by the concept of somebody being dominated, then, okay, that Fifty Shades is for you. But if you say, well, I bought. But I bought Dracula because I want to, it, it helps me, it facilitates my ability to imagine my husband having a grisly death. You can well, may I interest you <laughs> in one of the pan uh, collections of horror stories? Yeah, she should have been reading. Uh, man, those pan books. Oh, man, yes. Again, I was too young mm. to be reading. Were you some uh, of those? Were you one of those kids where if you were reading, your parents just let you read anything you like? Yeah, they reading. just figured yeah, I was yeah. reading, and even yeah. though it's like, but I assumed it wouldn't be as dark as it mm. was. I thought it's horrors; it's going to be monsters. But there was some. Yeah. There was one. It was a short story, and it was just about a guy, a, a fire chief, I guess, or or a building, whatever. A building had collapsed, mm. and there was a kid in this framework of metal, just all around mm. it like digging into them and they're just trying to lift the metal off the kid in a way that the kid could survive yeah. and you know it ends with the guy just screaming because obviously <laughs> there's just they've just lifted it and the kid gets torn apart <laughs> and that's all it is there's no monsters yeah. there's no it's not like it's, 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 real monster it's is man. really dark yeah. horrible yeah nice. so speaking of um the horrifying things horrifying, you're exposed to as a things, child. Yeah. I, I I asked you earlier on, uh, yeah, and and being a young a young Ed Byrne lying on his tummy watching Buck Rogers mm. in the living room. What else were you scared of as a child? So, but this was general. inspired, I guess, in certain extent by TV. But mm. uh, as a child, demonic possession, mm. being possessed by the devil, mm. was a genuine. A fear I had. As, I know. As a child. I know. That's not from the cut of the jumpsuit that you're wearing, but because I know you are a Catholic. <laughs> I, I was. I was. A, I was a, an altar boy. Yeah. I was the the, the lot. I, mm. I, I. I. Sorry, I was my. I was, was moving the arm of my chair. No that once I did it once, I just had to keep doing it. Yeah, just to check. Um. So yeah. So I was a believer, mm. and I remember. Um. There was an ad for a newspaper, a tabloid newspaper. Mm. I can't remember if it was The Sun or The Star. I have since tried to look it up mm. on 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 the internet. I cannot find it. It doesn't matter. But you'd be surprised the amount of stuff that you, you can find on demonic possession. 
But, but it was big. It was big in the 70s. It was yeah, like and I think 80s, with yeah. The Omen and yeah. things like that, I remember hearing, I'd mm. never seen The Omen, but I remember hearing that when the film was released, mm. they had to set up a helpline for yeah. people who thought their children mm. or they were uh, possessed by the devil, whatever. Um, so even though then I watched the film many years later and he's not possessed by the devil, he is a child he is of the devil. He's a child of the devil, not, yeah. He is, a, he's a, he's there, an there is some, he's some people possessed, aren't they, in that film, the nanny? Um, uh, yeah, I feel like they're just agents I'm of Satan. I don't remember them, yeah. them as actually, yeah. it, it's not that, you know, speaking in tongues Exist, uh, yeah. entered. They're, they're like yeah. acolytes of, the, they're Satanists, mm. you know, these people who are trying to usher Damien's, mm. you know, uh, ascent to the throne or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, it was a thing you know, it was a, you know, yeah, The Exorcist obviously was a big film, mm. um, but there was an ad. It was an ad on on the TV pre-Watershed for a, a tabloid newspaper, and it was a woman was telling her story about how she was possessed by the devil. What? And they showed um, a representation there was two images I remember distinctly. One of them was her and her husband lying in bed and like a, a, an apparition appearing above the bed of like the devil looking at them and the two of them huddling together. So this is like one of those adverts that you'd get um, on, I, I'm trying to think, they, there's one in an American Royal in London, but they were, you'd, would appear in the TV in the 80s or the 1780s that would be like, this week in the news of the world. Yes, Buffy exactly. Brenda tells her Precisely. sex romps with sexy vicar and, oh, free holidays. Exactly. And, uh, recipe for cake. Yeah. And yeah, and so that was on that list. That it was sort of weird in that laundry list of Linda Lazardi reveals her here my sex full dish. shocking story. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So in amongst that, there yeah. was oh, also I woman was possessed by the devil. <laughs> and then one of the other images that really got me is that yeah. you see the two of them are lying together, and then they like superimpose this devilish character, this devil which sits up out of her, oh, Jesus. and turns and starts strangling her husband. That was the thing that she so was. So this a, was a dra- dramatization yeah, of what you could just read in about. this moment in this ad, yeah. Shit, and yeah. it was like that paranormal activity film, you know, right, yeah. that she's possessed and she's attacking her husband. Now, what, what, what it was based on, whether it's a total fabrication mm. to sell newspapers, mm. or whether it was a woman who was suffering severe mental health yeah. difficulties and was a or a woman who's abused by her husband and is attacking him back and then excusing it. I don't know what the fuck it was based on. But as a child who fervently believed in God and therefore the devil, and the fact that it was an ad for a newspaper and I hadn't discovered the the lies of the media at this point, this is a real Mm. fucking thing. This is being presented to me as a... Thing that happens. That happens, that happens in the newspaper next to like the horoscope. Yeah. So you know, Russell Grant's horoscopes for well, the no, year no, ahead. No, and a yeah. The horoscopes, yeah, again, yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe you, that as well because it was in the, in the newspaper. Things you get in the newspaper, yeah, they would just be sort of, you know. Yeah, but yeah. this is like what happened in Parliament today or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. also in there. It's in yeah. the newspaper. It's the news. Yeah. I didn't read newspapers at that age. No, that's, yeah. So, I, so I assumed everything in it is true. Yeah. So I completely believe this to be a thing that could happen to you. And as a child, and I remember this vividly, I remember being in bed. I used to, as a child, I used to kneel down by my bed and Mm. say my prayers before I get into bed. Mm -hmm. And I stopped doing that in case the devil saw me. What? Seriously. And I used to say my prayers in bed and I'd even pretend to scratch myself Rather than do the full blessing myself, I just pretend I'm not, not doing anything. Because you don't not, want to draw attention. Not actually praying, 
Seriously. Oh my God. And I don't know how long that I lived like Mm. that. I don't know how long that went on for. But it was a serious, uh, uh, I won't say debilitating Mm. fear. It was only when the lights are out and I was in bed. Mm. But it was a, it was a, a, I changed my behavior to suit that fear. And I don't know why, because I, I think even when I talk to people about it, mm. not in a, I'm scared I might be obsessed, yeah. by, possessed by the devil once. When I, when you would talk to grown-ups about the concept of the devil and God and mm. demonic possession, none of them would say, no, it's bullshit. Right. Because even then in the 70s, you still had to go along with the fucking yeah, Santa Claus idea of it. Yeah, yeah, you still yeah. had to say, yeah, well, yeah, well, the devil is real and one must look out and one must be cautionary. So, so this is what your parents were saying to you? It was, as I, I don't remember them disavowing me of the idea. Right. I mean, I don't think I ever talked to my dad about it. And maybe I should have done it. And he mm. would have said, oh, fuck, it's nonsense. <laughs> but I, I, I'm i sure I, I, I asked my mother questions that, mm. that d- did not lead her to put me off it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's part of why later in life I became quite such a, you know, not just not believing anymore, but then having, you know, becoming a, involved in the humanists and all mm. that, and be, you know, doing stuff about it on stage and trying to, you, you do sometimes swing back the other way. A lot of people who are religious ask why atheists are so against religion. It's, yeah. They may have had experiences with religion when they were younger that just makes them think that overall it's not, you know, that there are drawbacks. There, it's not just it's great or it's nothing. Yeah. It, sometimes it's actually bad how it makes people feel yeah so i think that's uh where where a lot of that comes from with me because i rem- I, I remember i can see the bedroom and it was that that was the thing looking back now what how stupid it was the idea of, of not one you know, pretending i wasn't blessing myself no that's that's um but that was i mean I, you know i i, I uh, the, the the idea of raising a child to believe that it was would was was, was their behaviour could get them possessed, yeah, by a and supernatural I, force that could kill them or kill the people around them, or, or yeah, or make them do horrible things. Or just that terrible. I would, just that I would yeah. see, just even that the devil would appear to me floating above my bed. Now maybe I'm just weird. I don't know anyone else who's ever said this about about such a thing. Nobody else seems to have been traumatized by this I ad. Think I well, yeah, but you I know. mean, a, a thousand people are hugely traumatized by demonic possession. I mean, like, you know, I'm not religious, and I wasn't really religious, but I still the exorcist scared the shit out of me. That hmm. could happen. Well, the fact that um, when I was trying to find this ad. And I couldn't, but there was still so much in modern day, you know, people yeah. talking about demonic possession. And yeah. we're not talking about, you know, the middle of nowhere. We're not talking about, you know, uncivilized, mm-hmm. you know, sort of peoples in inverted yeah, commas. This is people who've got the news of the world. Yeah, yeah. We're, 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 you know, we're talking about modern Western yeah. countries yeah. where people are complaining about and worried about demonic possession. Yeah. As a, as, what did as you, a fear. What did you think would happen to you? Like, did you think you would die or just behave irrationally or behave... That you'd have to explain to people you were possessed by the devil, or did you just it was it was a bigger thing. No, I, it, it did not go beyond seeing a demonic face right. appear right. above me or, yeah. or, or to me and say, yeah, "Again, I'm coming to get you. Yeah. I'm coming to possess you." Like that was it. I, I wasn't worried that I was then going to pick up a meat cleaver and murder my right. parents. I, I beyond. I, I think part of me was probably well. Once I'm actually possessed, I won't really care after that. <laughs> yeah. No, it would. It was just the act of. Of of seeing uh, the the it was just this feeling that the devil was real and could come for me hmm. and make me part of his army of darkness. 
Yeah. And and, you'd, and then you'd go to hell rather than heaven, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it was, I just, it was just the reality of it. It was just mm. the fact that this was not a, I don't have nightmares. You, yeah. you can't say that. You've given me, you have told me that this is a distinct possibility. Yeah. You told me that this is something that happens and then you go to school and you learn about it. You go to church. You are constantly being reminded, you know, that... That the greatest trick the devil ever played is convincing people he didn't exist. Like, you're being reminded of this all the time. That's horrifying. And I don't know where it was that the switch flipped in my head that I I thought he was somehow more powerful Hmm. than God, who I obviously believed in just as fervently. Right. That, you know, that I I don't know where that dark thought process came Hmm. that I didn't just, you know give myself over to the light of God and, and have faith mm. that he would defeat the devil. I think it's because there wasn't as much of that about. You saw more stuff about the devil coming for people and how careful you needed to be of, of that. Then God does go then of, Yeah, don't God worry. Every, it wasn't as much, uh, hey, everything's going to work out because God's just going to take care of everything. That's really, that's really interesting. Yes, of course, it's almost like the internet. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's telling you a thousand negative things, whereas actually a bit a bit more of like, Jesus, superhero. That's, that's, that Behold, the butterfly. Pretty... That's pretty neat, <laughs> right, kids? <laughs> but look at the butterfly. <laughs> Magnified 10,000 times. <laughs> Scary, isn't it? It's got, a, it's got a death head face. Look at this ant. Did you know there's a fungus. <laughs> <laughs> well, God made the fungus, so that's. I mean, it blows my fucking mind that that's a thing that they did to children. Can you remember? Well, they wouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, I, they, again, I think also there'd be an issue that even the adults who are saying it aren't really believing it, right? And so they're it, it just a, assuming it's probably go, only they going. They you in. know it's bullshit as well. Yeah, that we're all just going along with this. Um, you know, because it's not like you thought. I don't know. I guess people just think it's like Santa Claus or something like that. It's like, it's all right to tell them this story and they'll grow out of it. I don't really know because I'm I'm trying not to hold it against anyone. No, no, I know. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. The, but you you know, um, I mean, you're, as a parent, you're, you're like, presumably, as a parent, uh, as a parent, presumably you're, uh, constantly in a state of like, what do we say about the tooth fairy? What do we say about Father yeah. Christmas? What are the rules? What are the do we, we, we must know all this stuff and know us because God forbid if we fuck up the how much the tooth fairy gives you or <laughs> so the idea is that but you're going to hell mm. is horrifying. Yeah, mm. yeah, but no. um, yeah, I certainly won't won't be putting my children through that. Right. Yeah, mm. but again, I think it was it was it, no one was. No one else can be held responsible. No, no one else can be held responsible for what my vivid imagination yeah. did with those things that I was being told. I yes, just, you know, I, I do appreciate. I don't know anyone else who lived in with that level of fear. Yeah. that I did at that impressionable age. You know? Well, you can, yeah. I mean, and if you're a, a sensitive child, there's no telling what the thing will What's be that's going sex- on in, yeah. in kids' Because I yeah. was, I was not raised religiously. I was absolutely terrified of death. The mm-hmm. figure in the cow with the with the gotcha. sign, yeah. because I'd seen a picture in a poetry book that mm. was that was that, and that combined with airplane, this right. okay. scene in airplane yeah. <laughs> again, happy safe space, yeah. Yeah. the lovely film airplane. There's a bit with the death, oh, right. death yeah, hanging yeah. over them, where he says like everything's going to be fine, and then and then it cuts to them, and there's like death with the scythe hanging over them, I mean, and probably a Christmas carol or something. But I'd seen so many iterations of the the the, the bloke with the scythe and the thing. I, that was my childhood terror. And that's not a religious thing. That's just a, if I... It just hits you. The, the, the figure of death, though, mm-hmm. now it just occurred to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess that's was 
an original one before, the Vorvon, of something that only appears to you when you are its victim, yeah. isn't it? Other people, you, you only see him when he's coming for you. Although it, that's been changed now, particularly in comedies, mm. where it's like, I'll, I'll be back for you sort of thing. But generally, yeah. if you no, see no, him, right. then that's you. Good enough. I'm not, I don't have big fears. Mm. One of the things I am working on talking about in my new, in the next tour, which is not written yet, but I'm working on, mm-hmm. is that I get that thing that a lot of people get of, uh, if when you're on a high place and you think you're going to throw yourself off. Yeah. that's I get that mm. quite quite a lot. And it's it's not as bad as it was, but I do, mm. that, I'd say that's, that and maybe I'll never write another decent joke again, that, which is a constant one in the background. Uh, but that that's one that I, I get a lot. There's is a that, name for that and I can't remember what it is. The, no, I think not, it's Vertigo. Not the, I think not it's, the, not the, not, uh, yeah. No, maybe not. No, no Vertigo. Not no, the not being able to give a joke. That's called suddenly being professional comedy. Because it's fucking ridiculous. And obviously mm. we, we are in uh, different lines. But, you know, we both make a living where if we don't write a joke, we don't pay the bills yeah. in the same way and, and uh, yeah. I think what it is is that um, I the way the industry works now mm. is that your tour is booked in further right. in advance and it's just decided and I'm on this treadmill now where yeah. every other year I'll do a tour right and it's been working fine mm. there's no reason to think I can't continue to do this mm. but the point is that it, I'm always in this day every other year where the show is not yet written mm-hmm. Uh, but it is on sale. Right. The posters are up. Yeah. People have bought tickets. Uh-huh. And I have a feel almost like, it's like they're already sitting in the theatre waiting for me to arrive. Oh, good, like a, like a, like a bad dream. Yeah, they're yeah. just sitting there and I, the show's not, I haven't got the show yet. Yeah. And I have anxiety dreams where, the anxiety dreams I'm not dying on stage, but in all the anxiety dreams I have when I'm in the stage where I'm still writing the show, is uh, I, it is, I, I can't get to the stage. There's things are in my way. Oh, like Spinal Tap, like Hello Cleveland. I guess, like where you're running yeah, around, yeah, yeah underneath. Going, but yeah. it's, it's, it's more surreal than that, obviously. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's probably like, there's just, I can see the, or, or I'm in the audience and I'm trying to get out of the audience and everyone's in my yeah. way and I can't get on the stage. Oh my God. People, people listening cannot see how much my arms are moving as I'm explaining These hooks this. are flailing. At the, um, oh God. So no, I get I, that. Yeah. The, um, but that's, I mean, I, I like how literal that is. It's not yeah. like my teeth fall out. It's like, yeah. it's, it is, uh, there's a, I'm supposed to do a gig yeah. and for reasons of my I'm own making, doing that. possibly yeah. I'm prevented from doing that. But it's weird that I never get yeah. the standing there not wearing any trousers. I never right. get that stereotypical mm. um, unprepared dream anxiety. Mm. I've never had the one where I'm just in the dream. I'm literally on stage not knowing what to say. It's all, it's all just something, everything is wrong. Everything I go out and mm. I, I take, go to take the microphone and I stand and it's a fucking banana. You know, it's like, mm. it's all things like that. <laughs> yeah. So... I get that, but you know, I, the other as I say is the, and 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 I, the, I I've been talking about, or I've been writing a routine about the fact that 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 fear of 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 doing the wrong thing, i.e., jumping off the precipice, mm. where you feel like very yes. recommend you're going to jump yeah. up. Like I used to have it as a kid when I was an altar boy. I'd be on the altar, and I would just think, I could just rugby tackle the <laughs> priest right now. I could just, and I fucking had to physically restrain myself. I could just, I've never, I've never acted on it, but that, I just kick that fucking candle open over and I'm. Oh God, the temptation. Yeah. yeah. 
And and was and, that where the the being possessed thing came from? I right? don't think I, so. Maybe I'm, maybe, maybe that that the fact that I had those that, thoughts, then that night I go to bed and go, oh, I bet the devil could saw that as a now, as a window, as an opening. Yeah, nowadays that would be called intrusive thoughts, wouldn't it? Yes, which, which, which it's exactly what very, I think what it's called. Yeah. Uh, and we're supposed to be very afraid of them and, 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 and do, I was going to say BCG. It's not called BCG. What was it called? <laughs> NLP. Oh, NLP. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> BCG is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is an injection, isn't it? Yes, it's your inoculation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which just tells you my RHs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but it's funny because I know, I've spoken yeah. to mm. comics who've, who've, who've had drugs for this. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if it's a thing necessarily that comics get, but I, I have spoken. The only other people I've spoken mm. to about this are comedians, mm. and and they've had drugs to counteract it. I, I, it's not as bad as it used to be with me, but I, I get it on live television, I doing something like Sunday brunch or something like that, yeah. where you go, I could just end my career now. He could ask me a question, and I could just say the N word, or yeah. I could just make a rape joke right now, or I just, I could just do whatever the worst. I could just say the worst thing yeah. you could dredge from your imagination, the most offensive thing, and rather than going, "No, I, 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 I like applesauce with my ribs," <laughs> you know. I, you, but you, you, you think you is that quite thrilling? Um, can you remember the last time that? Can you think of a specific time that happened recently? Where I literally thought I'm going to say that, or just you want to like get it with my? I remember thinking it. With my father-in-law. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting, we were just having a nice night. <laughs> it was just him and me and, and my mother-in-law. I think. Yeah. And I just thought, if I leant over now and kissed him, <laughs> like, this would, this would really sour. I mean, there would be awkwardness yeah. forevermore between mm-hmm. us if I just tried to get off with my father. Like, that's... <laughs> That's, and then never mentioned it. Again. No, no, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I, that that urge yeah. to just what's the worst thing I could do, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think it sometimes just happens if I if I allow my mind to wander just a tiny bit from what I'm supposed to engage in, like yeah. a conversation with my father-in-law about whiskey. Yeah. But that, I think that was it's it's usually it's usually that it's usually trying to get off with a with a with a um a, an authoritative figure or yeah. something like that. I think there's something about as well. It's when you're. When you suddenly realise you're in an incredibly grown-up or responsible situation mm-hmm. and suddenly get an attack of, I shouldn't be allowed to do this. Yeah. Like, it's, I, I think those are the ones. I've had that, sort of sitting having lunch and it's nice, having a nice, like, work business meeting lunch. And just, I remember very clearly thinking this in a meeting with someone who was very, very nice uh, television executive and looking at a really nice handbag on the table next to him thinking, if I picked up the bottle of olive oil that's in the middle of the table, I just, just poured like, it on the handbag. Slowly poured it into a handbag, yeah. and then just didn't say anything. Just, would you do? Would you do it while looking at them? Yeah, would yeah. You do it while yeah. looking directly oh, at them, like as well, a power move. You know, I see this. I mean, yeah, it's a comedy, but it's not like joke, joke comedy. Like yeah. it would, you yeah. know, there'd be like a series arc and just, just, just tipping so as if it's it. It's not happening with just the sprig of rosemary slowly mm. just going lower and lower into the. Yeah, I might have had one or two thoughts like that in my time. Yeah. Well, I, I talk about it in the now about the yeah. fact that you've got that now because you've got your phone, you've got you've got Twitter, and I could just I it, I carry I now carry the potential yeah. to end my career around in my pocket. Yeah, and at any time I could just pull it out and, as I say, just say something mm. the most offensive, most racist, most whatever thing. I could just mm. do that. I could. It would take me no time, no effort, 
and I could just put it out there. Mm. And even now, I could never go, oh, I was hacked. Because everyone has heard this conversation. <laughs> Not everyone. I mean, I say you know what I mean? Really, but then people I mean, Ed, I hate to bring okay. this to you. Ed, wait. Mm. Uh, thank you so much for doing the fair. Ed, like. Ed, what are you got to plug, mate? <laughs> uh, what do I plug? Well, I'll, you know, I feel I've talked quite openly about the fact that the show isn't written yet. Yes. So if you'd like to add to my anxiety... <laughs> By buying tickets yeah. for the as yet unfinished show. What's it called? It's called If I'm Honest. Right. If I'm honest, uh, I'm not written it. Yeah. If I'm honest, <laughs> dot dot dot. Uh, but I, I, if I, if and being honest, I mm. am ahead of schedule at mm. the moment. I feel more confident that that it's coming together mm. than do I normally do at this say, point. Is there like a vicious circle with just like you feel you feel confident? Because you've done this lots of time. You're a workhorse. You've done this for like mm-hmm. you know decades uh, of knowing you the, your schedule for writing a show, and then feeling too confident, and then getting scared that you're too confident, and then is that like a like a loop um, that you can get into? No, I think when I used to do a show every year, right. I got too confident with that, right. and I remember coming out with a. You with need a, the fear to motivate you. Well, I need. To, I just I'm aware I needed more time, right. and I just remember thinking, oh, I'll do it another year. I'll be fine. And then that was I could not keep producing mm. every two, yes, making sure it's every two years. Mm. We may discover on this tour that I need to shift to a a, a triannual cycle, or <laughs> <laughs> triannual three times a year. Um, yeah, yeah, well, I, I may, I may find that no I need to, need to skip to doing it every three years. But I, I know, I, so far, so good with this one. I'm already looking forward to how funny it's going to be. It's going to be. I'm great. excited to yes, see yeah. what I'm going to come up with in the next three months. See, that's to the finish off this show. Yeah, <laughs> out boy, put a fire under your ass. <laughs> uh, Edburn, thank you so much for being my Thank you. It's hey. been a pleasure. Yay. Hello, my name is Pete Ellison. This is Dave Cribb. Hello, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends, as you might have guessed from the music that's playing underneath, uh, which is a sort of lo-fi rendition of the Friends theme tune for rights reasons. We get a different guest on every week on our podcast to talk about their favourite episode of Friends. And we look through it in excruciating detail. We pick through levels of plot like no one has ever done before. So if you like Friends or just listening to people talking, which are both valid activities, do look us up on the old podcast app than that friends with friends and we're on twitter at friends wf greatbigowl.com <laughs>